what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, well, I wouldn't say I'm religious. Uh, I grew up religious. I am uh, pretty spiritual, um, as in I am legally recognized as an ordained minister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I can perform uh, weddings and other things like that. Um, I'm ordained as a spiritual humanist, which is a very blanket term. Uh, I've studied comparative religions in college and as continuing education um, for like my whole life. Pretty much. I grew up Southern Baptist and um, it, I, n- now as like a, I would say probably around the age of 31, 32, I stopped completely distrusting all Christians instantly. <laughs> um, uh, I've always gotten along fine with Catholics, but I mean, that's just because they drink and they feel guilty all the time. But, uh, No, uh, I like to read a lot of um, philosophy, especially like Buddhist Mm. um, stuff now. I I don't know if it's because I'm bipolar and all of that, uh, but I really do feel that life is suffering and very temporary and fleeting. And I feel like a lot of the Buddhist teachings and books... Uh, I feel like they're very relatable in a lot of ways. But I'm fascinated by the ancient human brain, which we all still carry with us, trying to explain the unknown by using deities and, you know, magic and that kind of thing. So it's like... You know, I'm I'm skeptical, but I believe that everyone is interconnected, and if we don't treat each other well as we want to be treated, then there's no point in this. But I also think that we're living in hell, <laughs> if that's the bardo that we're in, and that we need more hot tubs. Cool. Make it even more like hell mm-hmm. with, with boiling things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. Evan, what is the role of spirituality or religion right. in your life? Uh, not much. <laughs> not much. Um, I don't know. Uh, mostly when I think about that stuff, it gives me a headache and it makes me feel hopeless about things. And I just prefer not to let my mind linger on such things. Uh, I went through a pretty big phase, as a lot of people do in college when you're figuring things out about yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, where I eventually kind of turned away from Christianity, which I was brought up in. But I never really found an adequate replacement. And I don't know, despite a lot of journaling and a lot of research, and well, not a lot of research, but like, you know, a marginal amount of like considering other points of view, I just... Ultimately, I feel like humanity is inherently limited in its understanding of the universe, and Mm -hmm. so I don't really see much point in pursuing a fuller understanding of it. Like, I just got to a point in my life where I felt like I was spinning my wheels 
theologically and spiritually and just decided, you know what, I know enough about the world and I'm just going to move forward with what I know and just, you know, move more into action and less in the very uh, big uh, trap that can be my brain sometimes. Uh, I can be really, uh, I get hung up on things really easily and things can just, I make mountains out of molehills all the time. And I just, it's one of those things that I think once I just let go of needing to try and understand greater aspects of spirituality, I felt freer just to live. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's great. Um, sort of embedded in the question, but uh, what is your definition of God? But then also, like, do you believe in God? Um, <sighs> you know, it, that is a huge question. Um, I fully appreciate that other people believe in God and that they think of God as like an infallible creator um, that is all-knowing. Um, I don't really believe that there is what they would describe as God, like in those terms, mm -hmm. like an infallible creator being a protector. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there is um, definitely a higher power um, that we won't ever be able to know because we are limited by our existence. Um, we can only get <laughs> what we have through our senses and we're, we're limited by the way that we process our senses. And some people are even further limited by how many senses they have. And we have filters on our brain that are, mental illness or, you know, drinking and addiction or not any of that, the kind of people that are high on life, and I don't quite understand them. Um, but uh, I would say that there is a collective universal conscious um, and working in the pizza like mom and pop pizza places, I would see it constantly on days where everyone wants meat lovers, even though they always only eat cheese. They just have a wild hair up their ass. <laughs> um, but you will see like these, it, it, it's it, the majority of the way that people are acting, you know, like some people would attribute things to like the full moon. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. We are affected by more than we know. And I would like to think that if there is a higher power, um, it's, um, and if we are, you know, I wouldn't say that there's even necessarily a duality like God and the devil, um, but that underlying all of, all of existence I would like to say that people are striving to feel connected and loved and safe. And so universal love is ultimately what I would attribute to being a higher power. Um, but 
I think that is created by us, not us being created by it. Hmm. I like that a lot. Uh, Evan, what's your definition of God? Uh, don't really have one. <laughs> no, really. I mean, yeah. like, I like that answer, but it's like I hear it and I think, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know. If there's one thing about being agnostic, which is more or less what I consider myself, it, it's, you know, it's a bit of a cop out, honestly, because I can just say, yeah, maybe. And that's like my whole philosophy on things. Yeah. I did want to share a line from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. In the beginning, the universe was created. <laughs> <laughs> this has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. <laughs> and uh. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about like it's a it's it's a glorious thing, life, but it's a hell of a mess. And why? I don't know. I don't know. And I'll never know. Yeah. Well, so. I, I think that's also a perfectly valid answer. And, <laughs> uh, while you may consider it to be a cop-out, I think it's really good for people to be willing to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm open to all options, more or less. Like, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And that's fine. Which might make this next question even more of a difficult thing that you might want to use a cop-out for. But <laughs> is free will an illusion? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Okay. I mean... Elaborate. Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, to think that free will is an illusion is already thinking that somehow you have a... A master puppeteer, a creator that has uh, made, you know, your entire life is predestined for something. Um, And, no, free will is, you know, you make your own decisions and that's all based on past experience um, and what the situation is. And I think ultimately everyone, you know, has, you know, two, two demons fighting. I wouldn't even say one of them's good and one's evil. Two, two coyotes even. <laughs> two wolves are fighting and one is supposedly good and one is supposedly bad. But, you know, uh, bad, bad people do good things and good people do bad things. So, you know, free will is definitely... In uh, n- n- real, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I I feel like a lot of people who debate this question um, look at it a little bit differently than you know predestination versus the alternative, like like the idea that um, we are like like someone who would not have a free will but feels like they have a free will because they're consciously making choices. But those choices are inherently based on decision-making, which is inherently based on, you know, everything about that person. And so it's like who I am predestines who, what I do in a sense. So like I, I can humor that and like, I, I get that idea. Um, I had like a really depressing conversation with some former roommates about this one time. The idea that everything we do, like no matter what we do, it's like, well, that's just 
that's just what happens, and it's all strictly based on things that are out of our control, even though we feel like we have control. Uh, and like you said, it's this whole idea that it's an illusion. I don't necessarily buy into it, but I understand logically where it comes from, and I think there is a basis for that. But um, personally, I I think free will is a thing. But I do think it is inherently. I don't think it's as free as a lot of people might think. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of uh, weird open conversation is exactly why I like asking the question. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you get good answers with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, how do you determine what good behavior is? Electra kind of gave me a good segue with the end of her answer there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I discuss this with my son a lot because <laughs> he very much wants to see things in black and white and he doesn't understand the gray areas. Um, and He'll get there. Yeah, he will. <laughs> and, I mean, I discuss this with him a lot. Um, but, and, I mean... I use a token economy, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy technique with my kid mm-hmm. um, to try to help him um, not be instantly gratified by instantly, like if, if he does a good thing, then he's not being rewarded instantly um, because he always wants toys and he always wants candy and he always wants TV and he wants all the things that everyone has and he doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't developed enough to have filters all the way, um, emotionally or anything, you know? So, um, what we discuss and it is constantly ongoing and we shift it a little bit is, you know, what makes up good behavior? Um, what are your hard rules that are good things. Um, And for my son, you know, that would be like no hitting, no kicking, um, no screaming, (laughs) um, not asking the same question a hundred times over and over, um, listening. And then that itself, what is listening? Um, Listening is actively listening. So if I ask you, like, if I say, Odysseus, will you go feed the dog? And you don't talk to me. I don't know if you heard me. And I will say, were you listening? And he will say, yes. And, and I will say, well, what did I say? Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, uh. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I, I want you to repeat back what I said. And I'll say it again. Um, you know, so like, like what is what is good for him? Those are his expectations as a child mm. to, you know, to try, at, you know, to know that he can safely um, talk to me and that we will, you know, if he's having a meltdown because he is becoming a child and not just a toddler. Um, <laughs> I know that I have to be very patient um, and it can be hard sometimes and he can be frustrated because there's language um, difficulties and things. But um, what is good um, is just the same as, like, what is bad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what is good is being compassionate and mindful um, 
not making fun of other people. I have been made fun of so many times in my life um, as a young child, you know. Um, I got made fun of because I didn't talk. And then I got made fun of because I had prepubescent puberty. Um, and then I was made fun of because I dressed in a certain way. You know, I think everyone goes through those kind of things. But it really, like, you know, internalized that kind of stuff <clears throat> for me. So, you know, I want to treat other people how I want to be treated or even better. Um and that's respecting people's um, differing ideas, um, actively listening to other people. Um, I, what is good, I would say helping those who need more than you. Like I roll around with like granola bars and water bottles and have conversations with homeless people uh, almost on the daily basis. <clears throat> Um, and I'm not one to give out a dollar cause I normally don't have a dollar, but, um, I definitely can, you know, send them to services they might not know about because I am in that industry. Um, and, you know, just have a conversation with someone that's different than me. Um, and not just, just like, I, I try to not overlook what other people see as the invisible and the worthless. Um, I see value in in all of existence except for bees. <laughs> 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 no, bees are great. I'm just scared. Bees are of them. pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, how do you feel about bees? I mean, uh, what's, what's good? <laughs> oh, bees are good. Bees are real good. Um, man, I mean, of course, um, it depends on what I personally consider to be morality, you know, mm -hmm. what is good, what is bad. And, uh, I think a lot of it is probably, uh, inherently rooted in my upbringing. There's a lot of Christian values that I think probably, you know, still hold up, you know, don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, like. You know, pretty pretty good wisdom, but I like to do all those things. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, like I I do have a pretty strong moral compass there. Like even uh, I don't know, even I don't know systematic things. It's uh, it's it's a hard thing because there's a part of me that wants to be like a law abiding citizen. That's like, you know, I believe in, you know, uh, abiding by the law and doing what's considered to be right legally, socially, and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's not always right. And, mm -hmm. you know, what is bad behavior is often, you know, there's things that I would consider to be bad behavior that's completely normalized, that's completely acceptable, or completely even just something you don't even think about. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I am very keenly aware that um, my diet is not great. Like, I'll go to, like, a fast food place and get, like, a burger 
or whatever. And it's like, that's just something you do. It's, it's an American thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, also I'm feeding into this corporate machine that systematically, you know, is terrible to animals. And it's like, I should really be a vegan or something, but then veganism has its whole thing. Like there's, it's hard to find right behavior because sometimes what seems like it's right might have unintended consequences. And sometimes what seems wrong might just seem wrong for the time or might seem wrong based on the context. And it's, it's really trying to separate uh, instincts from actual fact-based like research. And that's tough because we're constantly learning new things and the world's constantly developing and, you know, what's good and bad is always changing. So it's hard and I just do the best that I can um, and try not to be too, too hard on myself, even though I am. But I try not to be too hard on myself for things that uh, are more systematic like that. I mean, whether it's like wearing clothes that was probably made by, you know, third world underage workers, things like that. I consider that to be bad behavior. But um, it's it's more acceptable because there's a huge distance there. Mm. It's, you know, it's systematic. It's industrial. And... Uh, I don't know. I can. I, I think I have a pretty uh, decent conscience about it, but and yet it's not strong enough for me to change my behavior. But you know, it's also like there's certain trappings of society that's like, what are my alternatives? I would have to completely change everything about how I function, and yeah. it's you know, honestly, it's just a shortcoming of mine that I'm not willing to do that, which, again, I would consider consider to be a negative thing. So I don't know. But otherwise, you know, treat people with respect. Try to have empathy. You don't necessarily have to agree with someone uh, to, you know, understand someone. And I think, um, I don't know, I think... Uh, the golden rule is an okay place to start. I don't believe in it because, um, you know, what, uh, how does it go? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But that assumes everybody has the same values. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, I don't like being bothered at lunch if I'm sitting alone. Some people might feel lonely and might wish someone would come over and talk to them. Mm. And it's like, well, if I were him, I'd go over and talk to him. And so if they come and talk to me, I'm like, hey, leave me alone. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own uh, definition of what, you know, they feel like they should be treated as. Um, And then there's the silver rule, which is do unto others as they would have you do unto them. And I don't agree with that either, (laughs) because they might want you to do something that compromises your morals, too. Mm And so it's like, I think, I think those are good places to start because they're grounded in empathy, but you also have to use that like as a springboard and then see how that aligns with whatever you've determined your morality to be. Like one of the biblical things is obey your parents, but like, you know, there's some things that, you know, Mm -hmm. your parents probably, you probably shouldn't obey certain things, especially if they have... 
I don't know. There's there's lots of generational conflict out there right now about certain worldviews and how people are treated um, today based on, you know, just biological things even. And it's like, you know, it's a whole thing. And I don't know, like, like there doesn't have to be like a, a gaping, like, uh, canyon <laughs> between people. Like you can, you can understand where people come from. You, you mm-hmm. can build bridges. It's possible, but it's really hard and it takes both sides working together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really hard, and I I completely see why there's such a divide everywhere right now. Like it's it makes sense, um, but it's I don't know. I've gotten off topic. No, you have actually. You guys are really good at like giving me the layup so that I can segue into the next question. Cool. But <laughs> uh, open it. Yeah, uh, the next question is how do we reduce the division? But I also want to mention that there's a. There's the, I guess, inverse of the golden rule, which is not do unto others. It's do not do unto others what you would not want to have them do to you. And I feel like that one works a little bit better that does yeah. work universally. Better. Yeah. Um, but anyways, how do we reduce the division that has so permeated or really has been consistent through the entire conversation has just gotten louder? <laughs> um, well, I think that... Um Traveling uh, is one of the f- easiest ways to open a narrow mind, um, but obviously it's an expensive thing. Yeah. Um, tra- uh, traveling and meeting new faces and talking to people that you've never talked to and you probably will never talk to again in your life, mm-hmm. even with the social media age. Um, I think that the more different type of folks you come across, the more understanding you become. Um, creating conversations with people that um, I know that I don't I don't really go out and eat lunch a lot unless it's like with like Evan. And so I'm sitting there having lunch with him. Um, but on occasion I will go out and eat lunch being a pretty lady. Uh, I often have people like be like oh why are you sitting alone let me join you and they almost always don't even ask (laughs) they just kind of do it um and i i mean if i really don't want to talk to people i can i can tell them to you know fuck off and more words than that normally (laughs) i will go for like a really pretentious i'm reading something and i don't want to be talked to um but uh, I uh, think that, you know, tr- trying to understand other ways of life, like there's, there is a way to meet in the middle on almost anything, unless you're talking about devaluing human life based on ridiculous things like the color of the skin or the religion that they practice. Um, I can't hold with any of that, and I don't want to have anything to do with you. But (laughs) um, uh, one of my longest friends that I had, um, he was a black man, and he would go to these parties, and this was like the South Side. 
And there would always be like this good old boy that had never seen, you know, anyone with more than a farmer's tan dark level. (laughs) And he was very, you know, white. (laughs) He listened to, you know, like Tool and all this like metal-y, you know, rock music. Um, He read. He was very intelligent. He, you know, like... He he would change the mind on, you know, first being introduced to this person that was racist. Um, and then he would become the exception to the rule, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you kind of have to be that kind of person. I don't really tell people, well, hi, I'm pagan. Hail Satan. Um, you know, <laughs> people find out about me, um, you know, through my work or through my music or whatever. Um, and th- that's not all surface level stuff. That's, that's my personal things, you know? Um, so they will, especially with like the work that I do as like my real job, um, they will always think, well, oh, you're very compassionate. And they, I will get thank yous. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Just like how you would say, thank, you know, thank you for your service to someone that served in the military. Um, And, you know, they almost project exactly what they think of. Um, And in in Oklahoma, in the Bible Belt, very often is um, that I am a good Christian. Um, And I I I get that too, by the way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I worked at Cracker Barrel for a really long time. And the Cracker Barrel and I-40 is 90% uh, what we called skirts. (laughs) <laughs> which are Heartland Bab- Bible Baptist students. Um, they're the kind of Baptists that uh, women are going to go to hell if they wear pants types. Um, the world only has ex- been in existence for 6,000 years, and Satan put dinosaur, dinosaur bones into the earth um, to trick us. Um, and the devil is a trickster and all of this kind of stuff. And they do believe the rapture's coming and that kind of thing. Um And it was always, like, it had been a ludicrous thing to me because I had never met people that had been so indoctrinated and ingrained and um, taught that without these rules, they're, you know, we are the idiots for not (laughs) believing that. Mm -hmm. Um, We could be converted we could have our minds changed mm. and that whole conversion mentality mm. um, I don't I, I that's one of my biggest pet peeves I think is trying to convert someone um, to the opposite but you know uh, if you can't have like a civil conversation where you li- like I mean I've worked with these people for years Um and they would always say, well, you're one of the good Satanists, <laughs> you know, after we'd been working together for so long. And I'd always be like, I'm not a Satanist, <laughs> but they think I am because mm-hmm. anything outside of Christianity, um, whether you be agnostic, you are a Satanist, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's very black and white. And so, but they, you know, they would get along with me. They respected me as a human. They just would pray for my soul constantly. Um so it's just, you know, like there there are ways to meet in the middle and you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and have conversations. But also you shouldn't ever step out of your safety 
um, because the times that we live in um, are dangerous. Um, I, I know that I, I've taught my son, and I don't care that we're white people, that if he sees a cop, that he needs to sit down and he needs to have his hands up and he needs to not move. Hmm. Um, I, I, I like have a huge distrust for people that are um, gun fanatics and that kind of thing. Um, most of the people I know don't practice proper gun safety, you know, um, that do that. Uh, I know friends that are pro shooting precision shooters, you know, ex-military and they do competition shooting. And I know that they are very good at it, but most of the people I know that have guns, I worry, um, that they will hurt themselves more than they hurt others. Um, but uh, and then conservatives, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a, what are they, what do they call it? A social justice warrior. <laughs> uh, but I am like mm-hmm. actually like an advocate mm-hmm. for social justice. Um, so uh, almost immediately by way of what I do and how I treat people and view people as we are all equals, but we all have different hands dealt to us, and some of us have um, more obstacles than anyone could imagine preventing us from doing very simple tasks that it can be very hard to uh, even be listened to by someone with a very strong opposing viewpoint. But the bootstraps, Electra. I know, <laughs> but I can barely tie my shoes because of arthritis. So I just wear on slip-ons normally. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> reducing division. Right, reducing division. Um, well, I, I, I might be a little more centrist than people realize. That's kind of like a negative word these days because everything's so polarized. Sure. But, uh, I mean, I'm definitely left-leaning, but mm-hmm. I don't 100% buy into any viewpoint, really. Um, there's Things are more complicated. Oh, sorry. I was messing with the mic earlier. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, I can find... Um, maybe more points of understanding than some. And and a lot of it has just um, been dealing with people who are close to me and not shutting them out of my lives, mm. but being willing to try and, like, keep relationships going um, in spite of differences. Like, I think... I think there's a place that you can meet in the middle, and that doesn't mean that you're moving to the middle. That doesn't mean that you're uprooting where you're at and going to, you know, implant yourself in. Right. You know, it, it just means that you have enough of a reach and an understanding beyond your own little bubble that you can actually communicate with someone like an adult. And uh, which, you know... Uh, Sometimes is almost even belittled. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think that's a key thing is, you know, not being completely in your own bubble because a lot of people are in bubbles and don't realize it. I mean, I, I constantly strive to pop bubbles and I am keen, very aware that I'm still in a bubble. Like Mm -hmm. the way that news is brought to you, the way that, you know, 
all interactions with the outside world uh, happen, it's all curated for you now. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you do, um, if you're online, everything's going into an algorithm somewhere, mm-hmm. and you're not. You're getting a skewed view of the world no matter what you do, and you have to be aware that. What you're seeing is not necessarily the way things are. So, I mean, it's just a matter of getting out there and being more aware of other other people, other cultures, other thoughts. And it's you don't have to agree with them. You know, I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, meeting someone halfway, like I said, doesn't mean that you're giving up your stance. It just mm-hmm. means trying to find some place of commonality. And I think in a lot of ways that I operate, I tend to be pretty unabrasive. I tend to be pretty like low key and like, hey, can't we all just get along? <laughs> but there are points where it's like, I mean, um, I don't know. Like you've had Alex Sanchez on here. Mm. I, I really like how he handles that stuff because mm. like he's he's like the most lovable person on earth yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's hilarious and it's, you, you gotta love that guy. And, but like, he'll also be very vocal about things mm-hmm. that he believes in and disagrees with. But like, if some individual person comes to him and says like, Hey, that's, you know, tries to start an argument with him. Mm-hmm. He'll turn around and say, Hey, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. He won't just like fight back. And there might be some name calling, at first, sure. but like <laughs> I've I've seen it like on Twitter and on Facebook and like he'll very legitimately be like, um, you know, it, at that point when somebody else comes into the conversation, it's less, you know, throwing your voice into the void against an issue. It suddenly becomes two people having a conversation. Sure. And that's a completely different dynamic. And I think a lot of times people don't see that there's such a difference, but there is. And Mm. if you can harness that, if you can see a person as a person instead of, you know, a label or Mm. just whoever, you know, like a a conservative or a social justice warrior, (laughs) you know, a pawn that's Mm. being played by whatever media conglomerate, you know, if you see them as a person and you realize that they probably don't necessarily fit into that box, like that's a start to me. Well, um, the internet age, and this is also why road rage exists. (laughs) um, It's all the same basic psychological principle is that you forget to humanize. Yes. Um, That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Road rage. (laughs) Humanization. Because you can't see into another person's eyes and see the micro expression of oopsie doodles um, Mm -hmm. if they forgot to use their blinker or they like, you know, kind of came into your lane, um, you know, and that goes even more so with um, dehumanizing people on the other side of, well, it used to be chat rooms. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's, you know, Facebook and Twitter. And it's because you literally don't like, I don't know, I know that 95% of the people that I interact with on the internet are like real people. Although I do kind of like mess with bots once in a while, mm-hmm. like to, just because they're absurd the way that they react to you. But, um, uh, and I am a bad flat earth troll. Because I believe that the earth is a sphere. (laughs) But um, uh, 
you know, a lot of people forget that on the other end of that conversation is a human staring at a screen because you can't stare at a screen. But also, I don't want people watching me on a webcam when I'm typing. I am as often as possible when my kid is asleep or when he's not in the house, I am as nude as I possibly can. (laughs) So... Uh, you know, I, that would I, I'm if I could monetize that, I would not have to work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dehumanizing other people uh, because you cannot literally see them eye to eye is a bad thing in our in our day and age. Hmm. Uh, also, as you can see, my my webcam thing there is I know. Taped over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Was, yeah. So uh, I forgot to sort of ask this question earlier, but it kind of seeps into this thing. Uh, why music? Why music? Um, why not, I don't know, like accounting or whatever. People always use accounting as the example. I don't know why, but yeah. I went to school for accounting. Yeah, <laughs> Fun fact. Um, well, for me, you know, music came into my life at an early formative age and is completely part of me. Um, it's, it's a language that I feel, um, like it, it, it passes all borders and barriers. Mm. Um, not everyone is going to like what you're playing, but when you get to the root that is music, um, it it can it can make you happy. It can make you sad. Um, it can make you angry. Um, it makes you feel. Um, it might not always come off as how someone that wrote it meant or what they were working through. Um, I love to listen to music and languages that I don't understand what they are saying. <laughs> um, and I have a semi-strict listening schedule that I try to seek out new new music. Um, and I also like to be alliterative. So um, Saturday is sitar Saturday. <laughs> um, and that's I, I like the sounds of sitars, but I also love the oud, which is a lute. Um, and I love what you would call world music, but that's in America. <laughs> in America, we call it world music. In, you know, a specific, in Morocco, this is just their music. local music. <laughs> um, in, in Japan, this is just their traditional music. Um, I love pre-revolutionary Iranian pop. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's almost, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how music, even then when we didn't have the internet, could come from America and England and the Western world and fuse with these thousand year old ideas of music. Um, and there's a really cool I think, as a music nerd, a um, uh, friend of mine, his name is uh, Neil Callen uh, Clark, and he plays with his daughters. They have a trio. They play at one of those restaurants that has good food. 
Couscous. Um, I, they have like a monthly show, I think that they do. Um, but he uh, is a scholar, a music historian. He plays the oud, um, and he sings in Arabic and several other languages. And because a lot of people in Oklahoma do not speak those languages, he will give you like, this song is 300 years old and it was written by this person. Um, and this is the story. Um, now, a lot of that is religiously based, but um, that's just, you know, how. Um, and I really like some really old classical music, some choral stuff. Um, and that also was religiously based. There was not secular then. You were mm-hmm. either religious or you weren't. Um, and there weren't multiple different religions to choose from. You know, there's like 400 repre- represented Christian denominations, I think, um, in, in America. Um, but then it was like either you are from, you are with the Church of England or the, you know, or whatever. There were only so many options. Or you were Muslim because that's where you lived. Um, or Shinto, you know, so... There, there weren't options. You either were, or you weren't, and you didn't go against the flow because that's how we have things like uh, the Salem witch trials or whatever, yeah. which was <laughs> probably you know a lot of people doing hallucinogens on accident. But um, yeah, I think music um, it it moves in a way that um, you know it 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 it. It crosses all boundaries because uh, it is it is like a, I don't know it for me it's like just as natural as my heartbeat and I think for many people that is true for them too you know so but I feel that even biorhythmically it affects how our moods are. Because a slower song, you're going to chill out. You're going to take deeper breaths. Um, and death metal is really great for <laughs> exercise. And, you know, like when you hear something that's angry, you're not necessarily going to get angry. You're going to be like, other people are relating to this, my feelings. Yeah. And you can just get it out cathartically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, music. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, that would probably be my spirituality and more than anything is music. So <laughs> I've toyed with that idea about <laughs> treating it with a little bit more of a religious rigor and be like, well, as going to church is like having a practice session mm-hmm. and like journaling is like writing a song. And, you know. Well, it's like most often you do that weekly. You know, if you have a rehearsal with a right. band, yeah, you know, once a week, right, at least, right, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, but I should. Like, yeah, I, I would like well, to practice it's more. Special, like you have to set aside time, and I yeah, don't, it's one of those things. I, I've been like, I played for forty-five minutes the other day, and I like got blisters because I've been a booking manager and not <laughs> a musician for so long. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think music is something that's, uh, I don't know, I've always considered it to be, it's not a competition, but of all the art forms, I mean, to me, it's 
just the purest. It's mm-hmm. it's there's something about it that's to me more universal than anything else. It's intangible, completely intangible, and it's um, magic, really. I mean. That you know, I mean, there's there's mathematics to it. Um, I I almost uh, try to avoid music theory in a lot of ways because it's almost like looking behind the curtain and understanding mm-hmm. how everything works and how you manipulate frequencies and sounds into certain you know results. Mm. Um, but I I kind of try to adhere to like um, almost like a childlike fascination with. Um, Everything. I remember the first time I discovered that chord progressions were a thing. <laughs> like I, that was something I got to discover myself. Mm. Like I, I always thought you chose like a chord and stuck with it. I didn't really know how keys worked. Like mm. I was young, mm. and I was like, why, why won't this melody fit with this chord? It works here, but it doesn't work here. And then I, I found another chord, and I was like. Oh, okay. And like, you know, I started to understand harmonies and just the discovery of how music works is really um, exciting. And just being on a general adventure with it, you know, like I'm constantly finding fun things to do with it and new ways to express myself with it that uh, just nothing else compares to like I I grew up wanting to be a writer and I, I didn't really set out to be a musician I always thought I was going to write poetry um, and then I thought I might write novels and then I thought I might do journalism and it was always writing and mm. there's just some things that words don't tap into I mean if you're a really good writer you get really close mm. you know there's something to be said for that but uh, there's just something very immediate about music, and it's it's just instant. Um, the only other thing I could think of that that compares would be like, um, I mean, visual art, like like paintings and things like that, where which you know it's more efficient because you can just look at a painting <laughs> instead of having to listen to like a five minute song or yeah. a, a one hour uh, you know orchestra piece or whatever, um, but. I feel like there's a more experiential element uh, to music. And I just, I feel like the expressiveness um, of that, uh, unless, I don't know, like painting is a process, but it has like a final product, mm. you know, but music is always, um, always an experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's always been a part of me. Like I've always wanted to do music, um, but I never thought it was viable. And so I pursued writing more so than anything. <clears throat> well, I, I pursued architecture originally because I thought it would be a great way of marrying like artistic things with like engineering brainy things. And I don't know. Uh, I eventually found my way to music as as a more legitimate thing than just like something that's nice to listen to like um i do get some catharsis out of it i do get some identity out of it but it took me a long time to really get there because a lot of times i just listen to stuff that i thought i was supposed to listen to (laughs) um and so whenever i finally really it was film scores that got me really into like oh wait no music is it taps into something and it's like it's my own special haven from the world that this is me 
And whenever you find something so specific, like at the time, film scores were pretty weird. I never knew anybody who mm-hmm. were into them. I've since gotten to meet a lot of people who are also into them. Mm. But at the time, I felt like I was the only person <laughs> in, in my world that was into this stuff. And it was um, one of those things. And I also think like now with music being so accessible and being so specific, no matter what you're into, you can find something that's so incredibly uniquely for you that there's just a direct connection there that's really important. Like it's it's not just, oh, this is cool, this is for me, but it, it validates you as a person. Mm. That somebody else out there is making music that's so weird or <laughs> so specific that you're like, I didn't think anybody out here, like some of my favorite music I've ever heard is like just some dude on SoundCloud mm. just doing stuff. Like there's this guy I found back in the day when I was more involved there. He literally, um, I mean, he did like weird, he like made his own instruments and mm. he like did this experimental stuff and weird time signatures. And he would have like his toddler do just like, like, just random verbalizations, yeah. just like, here's a microphone, <laughs> go at it. And it was like, this is some of the most avant-garde stuff I've ever heard. And it's just a toddler. Yeah. And it like the context of it just like completely changed. Like now all of a sudden this is art. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't believe this exists. <laughs> and like, I was never going to find that from a label or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to sign this artist. <laughs> this is just like a dad who like, you know, has fun in his garage on the weekends or whatever. But it's like hearing something like that and knowing that somebody else is like into that, like there's, there's validation to me and music has validated me probably more than anything ever. Uh, Not just because there's stuff that I like and not just because I make stuff that people like, because there's validation there too, that people appreciate my art. Mm. Um, But just, the community here in Oklahoma in general, just music since I've been involved in it in a more three dimensional real world way, I've met so many people that I never would have met if it weren't for music. And I've gotten to understand so many perspectives from people like real people that I've met, you know, like I didn't used to like metal. I didn't really used to like hip hop that much. Hmm. And then I've I've come to really love both. Yeah. And there's so many voices that had gone unheard that I mean when we talk about bridging the divide to me music does that for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many so many voices and perspectives that I get from people I never would have met, but it's just because music is this common thing that we have. Yeah, well, we met because of music. Well, we did, yeah. <laughs> and we met at the, well, we met at the Paramount Cafe. Technically. We didn't Technically. really know who each other was yeah. at the time. He saw me with my uh, old art rock band, the Uncanny Violet Unicorn, and I was like, had either was pregnant or had just had my kid. You were pregnant. I was pregnant. I was very pregnant then, and it was one of my last shows. Yeah. And I was having hiccups because my kid was kicking my diaphragm and he was in three, four while I was trying to be in four, four. um, It was, it was a very difficult show. And I was like, I have lost music because I am choosing to be a mom kind of like moment. And I was also very hormonal 
And he like came up after the show and talked to me in front of where the piano was. And I was like, all like, I'm stupid because I have a baby in me and I can't think because I just got off stage. And he just pretty much said like, good, good stuff. Good stuff. I bought a download card. Yeah. And then (laughs) um, like. Fast forward like two years. Yeah. (laughs) Then, Then we like met properly and like. I had, you know, I wasn't. It was uh, Ampfest. Yeah, Ampfest. The first one. And like you were running the booth for oh, rock and rock, roll camp. Yeah, rock and roll camp for girls. I was representing. I wasn't working for Ampfest. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we just had like a conversation, and I was all like, "I've got to be on brand for rock camp." Um. And we talked a lot, and then. You know, we became friends. I, like, always respected his work in the community. And then now we're dating. <laughs> so, you know, that goes. How long have we been dating now? Because <laughs> you don't keep track. Um, a year and a half almost. So. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> Since November like no oh, 2017 yeah yeah but yeah music brought us together it did yeah so. and it's arguably uh, a really strong bond between us yeah yeah we always have something to talk about yeah. and i have i tend to have really bad insomnia and i like i love his vlog <laughs> 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 like when we're alone he will talk to me about like just whatever Including one time, he, I think he read me an article or something about hamburgers yeah. to put me to sleep because I could not go to sleep. But I listen, like now he's got the vlog, and so I can just like put it, put YouTube on and like hit autoplay, and like two or three vlogs in, I'm like, oh, and I'll have nice dreams about bands and Evan talking <laughs> um, instead of like what actually working with bands is like. <laughs> <laughs> Are you insinuating that it's a nightmare sometimes? To work with bands, yeah. Oh, I had a thought, though, and I don't remember who said this quote, and it might be anonymously attributed anyway. Bob Marley. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Bob Dylan, Bob Marley. uh, One of the Bobs. But uh, music is, what is it? Let me think. Um, The way that. Art is decoration. Oh, that's a Zappa. Okay. For <laughs> space, music is decoration for time or something like that. Yeah. I think that's a Zappa quote. Possibly. It's attributed to Zappa. That doesn't necessarily mean it was Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I, I love fakebuddhaquotes.com, and I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I've thought on many occasions of just making fake-sounding Buddha quotes and putting them on top of the face. Um, we have a couple minutes before. I, yeah. I need to eat something right. before. So, um, so let's, let's lightning these last two questions. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? Um, seeing my son thrive... Um, and, um, seeing my son enjoy things that I enjoy without me feeling like I forced those things on him. Um, I love to see other people 
do what they never thought was possible, like to see them like overcome things. Um, I love to care for people and seeing people well cared for makes me happy. I'm naturally a caregiver. Um, and once in a while, what truly makes me happy is just shoving a big old hot dog in my face. <laughs> uh, so those are things that make me happy. But I mean, sometimes just staring at a wall with no phone going off for 30 minutes is also pure bliss. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll preface by saying I think happiness is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people pursue happiness, but it's not really an end goal. Like the way, I mean, I think sometimes you can do some really, you can compromise yourself and do a lot of bad things in the pursuit of happiness. And you might have it, but, you know, uh, happiness is bliss. Um, Ignorance is bliss. So, like, I don't know. Um, Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of happiness maybe sometimes stems from uh, just ignoring terrible (laughs) things that are a part of existence. (laughs) Um, So that being said, (laughs) um, not a whole lot really makes me happy, but a lot makes me content. And there's a difference. And I, I don't shoot for like highs, you know, versus lows. I just shoot for kind of like uh contentedness and cool. so um a lot of things do that for me a uh, mm-hmm. peace mostly just clearing my mind and being you know uh fully conscious and aware of existence and who i am reminding myself of who i am sometimes i forget sometimes i get lost in the world um and i've i've gotten to where i've built my life enough that i'm pretty okay with who i am and so, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a decent person, <laughs> and that helps me feel okay. Um, music is probably the thing that gives me the most joy in life, but it's it's only very specific times. Uh, if I create something that I love, or if I discover something that I love, hmm. those are really great moments. Um, I really like uh, supporting and validating people. Helping people feel valued and worthy of a number of things. But, like, I don't know, sometimes um, hearing someone give me feedback for something I've written, for instance, Mm. and, you know, they might say, hey, nobody else pointed this out, but you did. Or, like, hey, this really, you got what I was going for. Like, a lot of people do music coverage and it's very shallow. It's yeah. very, here's what it sounds like. Here's what it is. But you don't actually delve into, here's what it's about. Here's what it's doing. Yeah. And here's why it's important. And here's why you should listen to it. Not just, hey, it's cool and it's out. Like, that's the big thing. <laughs> the occasion is, hey, it's new. It's out. Right. Yeah, but what makes it good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's some good writers that have done some really good things. Uh, nothing against them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, yeah, moving on. Um, all right, so cake or pie and plug your stuff. <laughs> cake or pie? Cake or pie. Cake or pie, and then plug your stuff. It's got to be pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Evan would know this. Uh, I am someone that very much will order my desserts and be like, no, I want that before my entree. Um, <laughs> and ideally, I will not choose between cake or pie. Mm, well, ideally. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'd still choose pie, though. Um, it depends on what kind of cake and yes. what kind of pie. Yes, it does. Uh, if it's like a plain white sheet cake no thank you i will take an apple pie over that even though that's not my favorite so um no both simultaneously um and then you know after i've had one bite of each i'm gonna try both of them together (laughs) um and then i'm gonna get some food that's like actually gonna make my tummy not feel upset (laughs) um I am Electra. You can find me on the internet at electrasmusic.wixsite.com backslash awesome, since I remember that since the last time. <laughs> um, or on at Electra's Music on Facebook. I'm on Spotify. Um, there is another Electra on Spotify, but mine has a weird freaky double weird thing. Also, there's just like a freaky picture of the two of them. Um, yeah, I'm on pretty much every platform for music distribution and I'm at Electra Eclectic on Instagram and at Electra 5000 on Twitter where you will see me normally being less nice than I am on Facebook. (laughs) Um, and also, you know, just being a little bit more real. Um, and I have a show on May 24th, Friday, May 24th uh, at uh, Vintage 22 in Ada. and as of the day of this podcast coming out, is tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. (laughs) Go to Ada. It's a lovely town. Like, really, like, stay in one of their hotels and enjoy Ada. It is beautiful. Um, Vintage 22 is awesome and welcoming. They have good food. Nachos and pizza, eat them both at the same time. Um, And then uh, Sessions, not far down the street, is also a really nice little uh, bar venue. And there's some cool, like, thrift stores and antique stores and just coffee shops and stuff to check out uh, in the daytime. I highly recommend it. It's a nice little getaway. Um And soon enough, Evan and I will be leaving the state for like a weekend again, like we have done in the past, to play some music. Sweet. But this time we'll be doing it in Texas instead of Missouri and Kansas and Tulsa. Where can we find your stuff? Um, I like to think that cheesecake is a happy marriage between cake and pie. (laughs) So um, I really like cheesecake. Pretty sure cheesecake is really cheesecake good. Cheesecake is pie, but that's a weird. Thing. It's yeah. is it pie though? It's kind. It's a cake. It's cheesecake. It has a crust. It has a pie crust, just like definitionally yeah. a pie crust, and then it's like okay pie filling. Well then, it's, yeah. it's one hundred percent decided yeah. Yeah. then yeah, yeah. pie all the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm not big on like uh, maybe like hot peach pie or something, but otherwise. Pie, especially Arbuckle Mountain fried pies. <laughs> Those are the best. I used to have a deal where I can trade pizzas, pies. trade pizzas for some Arbuckle fried pies. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't really have anything specific coming up, but I do have a lot of stuff in the works. I just don't have the details fleshed out. Um, but be looking for something around October that I'm not going to mention. 
but hopefully it'll come to fruition. Right. Um, October 2020, because that's a lot of work to do. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, we're shooting for October 12th. Um, of 2019, but okay. just just mark the date and we're gonna there. shoot for it. <laughs> uh, not telling you what it is yet, but anyway, um, I'm Jarvix. Um, musically, I am also on all the things uh, Spotify and SoundCloud and uh, Bandcamp. Jarvix.bandcamp.com is probably the best place to go. That's where I have most of my stuff. I have the deep cuts and I have the oddball stuff. And, you know, if if you are to download stuff, more money goes to me than if you buy it through another avenue. So Jarvix.bandcamp.com. You can also access all this on Jarvix.net, which is my website. Uh, I'm at Jarvix Schmarvix. That's J-A-R-V-I-X-S-C-H-M-A-R-V-I-X. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So that's how to keep up with uh, me performing and doing music stuff and then occasionally other stuff. Um I also run Make Oklahoma Weirder, makeoklahomaweirder.com. I'm online uh, on social media as Weirder OK. That's at W-E-I-R-D-E-R-O-K. And um, there's also a YouTube channel for that that I'm looking to do a little bit more with um, coming out here soon. Um, but I do have a vlog that I put out that we've referenced a couple of times. So I'll mention that, uh, I shoot to do those about once every Friday. It kind of varies, but for the most part, um, I do a weekly vlog where I just talk for 10 minutes about local music and that's kind of the most consistent thing I'm doing right now. But I'm also, I do album reviews. I do interviews. I do, I got a podcast coming out soon, so that'll be fun. Um, I have details about that, but I can't share them yet, but, uh, look out for a new podcast, uh, probably late summer, early fall. Um, but you can just stay up uh, up to date on all that stuff at makeoklahomaweirder.com. I also run an open mic down at the deli. It's the first Wednesday of the month. Uh, that's once a month. Uh, sign up at 10. Show's at 10.30. I play a couple of songs every time. So if you ever want to see me and you're not sure when, you can always come out to that. It's free. You just got to be 21 or older because it is the deli. And I think that's pretty much everything I have at the moment. We almost ended on 69. <laughs> that's why I was like, cut. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm going to like lightning my plugs. So like, thank you. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Electra Stanislava. Uh, Evan Jarvix. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. You can also look up at Power Cycle Music on all the social medias. Find the podcast on all the stuff, leave reviews, and all that junk. I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 